This episode is brought to you by our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Which means this episode is brought to us by you. Right? That's how not it works. no, not me. No, no, the fan. Right, yeah. The yes. listener. We're talking when I say you, I mean the listeners. Yes, the the figurative you, right? Yes. But, but nobody else is in here with us as we record this. Who I'm are you lo- talking I, about? I'm looking at the computer when I say it. Oh, oh. oh no. Alright. So just go to GameZilla Media on Patreon.com. There you'll be able to choose your patronage level and get different access to the shows. So you can get early access to the GameZilla Alpha. Exclusive content for The Legend of Retro and Noobs and Dragons. Noobs and Dragons? The show with that handsome devil, Craig WK? Well, almost all of those words were right. Yeah. And if you go on there and sign up, you can also get access to a private Discord channel in our Discord group. Basically, the more dollars you give us, the more things we can give you. Exactly. So go to patreon.com slash Media and become a patron today. Do it. Yeah. Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Legend of Retro podcast. This is Xander. And Craig WK. And it's just the two of us. Yeah. So that we can talk about this game in length without Chops falling asleep because he's never played it. Yeah, pretty much. I, uh, I'm. This is one of those games that it surprises me. Chops has never played. It surprises me when a lot of people haven't played this one. Yeah, you're not. You're not wrong. It, this is a, a really accessible game into this genre, and it's also a classic. Mm-hmm. I think I, I don't remember who I was talking with not too long ago. They're like, "Oh yeah, I've never played Super Mario RPG," and I was taken aback because I thought for sure this person had. Yeah, and they just they hadn't. It's really weird. It's such a weird thing to find somebody who's never. Oh, uh, just, yeah, um, I was just, I just clicked to me who, who it was, um, uh, Dale, 20-Sided Ninja, who's been on the show before with our Mario ranking episode. Yeah. Has never played Mario RPG. He, really? he played, like, the very beginning, but never finished it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very simplified RPG. Yeah. But it's not, it, it's not bad in the least. It's great. It's a really fun game. Mm-hmm. I got uh, a great storyline, great game mechanics, introduced timed hits as far as I know. I don't think any other game had used them before. I mean, and that's that's a an aspect of the game that like even carried over into other stuff like Gears of War has like a timed, like um, active reload. Oh, yeah, yeah. When you, when you reload, you hit hit it at the right time, you load your gun faster and they're more, they are more potent. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a cool mechanic that I even, even when I play RPGs that I know don't have it, I do it anyway. I, you know, I find myself trying to do, trying is a keyword because just we'll, in case. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll get to how bad I am at timed hits. But, uh, uh, yeah, this is, of course, Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. Yep. It was released on May 13th, 1996 for the Super Nintendo. Just a few months before the Nintendo 64, this role-playing game stars Mario as he goes on a quest to obtain magical stars to repair a magical land that grants magical wishes. Lots of magic. Whole lot of magic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember when this game first came out, uh, a friend of mine who lived on the corner of my street got it. Yeah. And I just stayed over at his house playing this <laughs> game all the time. <laughs> I, I, uh, the, I The graphics in this game, like at the time friggin blew your mind they were insane this game really really pushed the limit of the super nintendo uh in fact it had its own chip i believe it was the sa01 is what it was called if i'm not mistaken uh and it was a uh, uh like a a chip that like boosted the power like four times that of like a super nintendo would and it was super expensive which is the reason why europe never got Mario RPG until it was a digital download years later. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, there was a special chip that they had used for this game, and uh, uh, the cost of it was really expensive. So, uh, like, you know, Nintendo figured, you know what? The Nintendo 64 is coming out in a few months. By the time we get another translation out and try to get these chips in these stupid carts, it's not going to get them any money, you know, because uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Europe was similar to America in so far that like RPGs were a bit of a gamble. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Europe didn't get a lot of really good RPGs. They were miss- they missed out on quite a lot, and this is another one of the ones they missed out on. Yeah, it was the a Nintendo SA1 chip. Um, it was SA1. Uh, in other regions due to the need to optimize for PAL TV. 
Oh, so it's also yeah, difficult for like, that. Their frame rate's like a little bit slower than American frame rates. It is. is. Yeah, so if, I, I believe if like European players play American like first-person shooters, they can get motion sickness because it's like a slight difference. Really? Yeah. So like if you remember uh, when 120 hertz TV started coming out, it mm-hmm. was like that weird like something feels weird about watching this. I kind of don't like the way it, it was really just the TV like loading the images faster. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing between PAL and uh, North American releases. Interesting. I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's uh, uh, chat a bit about the, the game itself. So it has an isometric view. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has the pre-rendered graphics. Yep. Uh, and the game uh, was the first of its kind for Mario, uh, especially since it was an RPG. You know, it was uh, uh, like Mario had had sort of like tried out different games before. He had been in a kart racer. Mm-hmm. You know, he had been in what golf. Yep. You know, uh, he was the referee in Punch Out. Yeah. You know, the, he he was a <laughs> he's a man of of many many talents. RPGs was not role playing games. I should say were not one of his talents though. Until Mario RPG came out and he proved the world wrong. Yep. I mean, uh, I, I, we would be remiss to say that uh, that SquareSoft had a, a hand in it, or to, n- or to not mention that. I should right. Say. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it was the game essentially was made by SquareSoft. They they came to Nintendo and they pitched this idea, and the the art that they had uh, was Mario on a horse with a sword and like his cape on, and apparently Miyamoto looked at it and he was just like, no. He's like, nah, that that nah, bro. Yeah, he's like, nah, not a sword. He's like, he's like, I don't like that. He's like, he's like, maybe a hammer. He's like, but but no, Mario wouldn't wield yeah. a sword. And it's interesting that like, and I, I give Miyamoto a lot of credit that he could very easily have just been like, yeah, whatever, yeah, sure, whatever, I don't care. But you know, Mario is his creation, and he was yeah. like, no, that that takes away from who Mario is and like the character and the the world that he inhabits. Mm-hmm. And so he worked pretty closely with Square during the time, and uh, apparently. Uh, the reason why they decided to make it more like a Mario game than like a like a typical fantasy RPG is that they had gone to a crowd and they like like announced this game and they're like, hey, Mario's going to be an RPG, and everyone's like, oh wow, and they pulled they they decided beforehand, I guess, that they were like, hey, let's just ask the crowd, let's see what their reaction is. Mm-hmm. So they asked the crowd and they were like, you know, how, how would you feel about Mario? you know, running around using magic, you know, swords and, you know, typical Final Fantasy stuff. And, you know, crowd kind of clapped. And then they asked, they were like, well, what if, how would you feel if it was an RPG, but Mario was jumping on enemies and, like, hitting them with hammers? And the crowd, like, freaked out. Oh, wow. And that's apparently, they were like, all right, that's it. That's what we're going with. And it works. It really does. Surprisingly well. You you would think it wouldn't, right? Like, mm. it's an RPG. Like, it's it's weird that Mario uses jump attacks as his spells. Yep. And I thought it works. That could have even just paved the way for other, like, more unique RPGs of, like, not following through that. Like, Earthbound, I mean, granted, Earthbound came up before this, but, like, you're using baseball bats and yo-yos and psychic powers instead of the, the traditional. And then even more uh, more current RPGs, just like, eh, we're just, this is how this person fights. Here you go. Deal yeah, no, it. absolutely. I, I think games like Earthbound and, like, Mario RPG that, that tried to push the norms and do something different really do, you know, have a, a sort of, like, you know, the RPG universe sort of owes them a lot. I mm-hmm. think especially something like uh, uh, Mario RPG, because, you know, you had, like, Fantasy Star, which did, like, sci-fi in, mm-hmm. you know, fantasy. And and even though Earthbound was, I, I think, very likely the, the first sort of modern setting RPG, uh, I think Mario RPG deserves a lot of credit because it's, it is still fantasy, but it's not typical swords and sorcery stuff. No. It's, you know, it's Mario Brothers. Yeah. You know, they, they have their own abilities and stuff. He's they, still fighting Shy Guys and Goombas and Koopa Troopas and all the classic enemies you've come to expect. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the bosses in the game is Birdo mm-hmm. from Mario Brothers 2, you know? Yep. I there's, there's so much, like, so many fun references that they, they put in this game from from all the other Mario games. They they really had a, a, did a great job with that. And another interesting note, uh, while we're kind of on the, the idea of the creation of... Uh, Mario RPG is apparently when it first started because this was Square's final game on the Super Nintendo of course mm-hmm. in fact it was their final game before severing ties with Nintendo and moving on because Nintendo was sticking with the cartridges in 64 right. uh, but uh, uh, when they have originally had the game and they were like laying it out and figuring it out it was a regular 2D non-isometric the 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 you know overhead angled view or whatever whatever you want to call it and it 
it would have been after they made FF6. And let's face it, Final Fantasy VI looks great. Yeah. Like the 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 sprite art is beautiful and stuff. So it would have been really interesting to see what a game by Square as a traditional RPG would have been like. I yeah. I'm, I'm really curious to see if we'll or find if we'll eventually see uh uh you know like like unused you know, uh, screen tests or something that show like what it would have looked like if it was that way because I think that's super interesting. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, Luigi was originally going to be in it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he, uh, there's this old screenshot in a magazine and it shows all the characters at like a dinner table and it, it's the same uh, 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 um, as Mario, the same like, you know, character, right. but he's in green. And so Luigi was uh, supposedly originally going to be in the game. Now, was this the first time that Luigi started getting snubbed? <laughs> I think you might be right. I think this is it. Because uh, uh, it, by the time the Mario and Luigi series started, Luigi was sort of like, like he's in the games, but he's a joke. Like, everyone makes yeah. fun of him. And I think in this game... He he was kind of like you know portrayed as is well like the, he just wasn't there yeah. and the only reference to him is on Star Hill where uh, he has a wish and he's like I want to be as strong as like my brother or whatever right. or I want to be as like cool as my brother mm-hmm. I but I I mean even in Paper Mario like the Thousand yeah. Year Door Thousand, in, in any of the Paper Marios he's just he's the he's at home <laughs> yeah he just stays behind and like is like oh wow you're doing those things that sure sounds exciting. That I'm not doing it. <laughs> in Thousand Year Door, he has his own adventure that you only get rumors of. Yeah. And Mario, like, falls asleep when, like, Luigi yep. tells him the stories <laughs> and stuff. So I, I think, yeah, I think Mario RPG is the first moment where uh, they they sort of uh, got snubbed, if I'm not mistaken. I, I think they, you know, that was sort of the, the, the moment and the, where, because uh, even before that, there was Mario is Missing, where you were Luigi. Were Luigi, yeah. You know? Poor Luigi. Yep. Poor green Mario. <laughs> Sarah loves that comic. <laughs> like, Mom, how come you never call me? I'm a sorry, green Mario. <laughs> she loves that. It's it's really great. I. Uh, so I. Uh, what was your first experience playing this game? Well, my first experience with this game wasn't necessarily playing it. Uh, I distinctly remember reading and rereading over and over the Nintendo Power that was first talking about Mario RPG. And mm-hmm. I was I lost my mind. It was so <laughs> cool to me. I really had to have it. I, I eventually ended up getting it for I want to say it was like like saving up my allowance or whatever mm-hmm. it was. You know, it was it was like it was eventually a present because I I know that it wasn't for my birthday because I my birthday's in September. Mm-hmm. And so I I that would have been the year when Nintendo 64 came out, though. Right. And that's what I got for that bir- my birthday that year. Uh, because my birthday is right before the Nintendo 64 comes out. So, like, my birthday was painfully depressing, but then a you know, week or so later, it was great. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I would have I gotten it, like, around the time it came out. And uh, But, no, I distinctly remember the, the cover of Nintendo Power because it was a... Uh, uh, it was uh, a hammer. Yeah, down. it was uh, it was the hammer. There was like an, the an castle was pose. in the background, right? Uh-huh. And then there was Mario. I think Mallow and Bowser on the that cover. Sounds about right, if I'm not mistaken. And I was just captivated. Like the graphics looked amazing. I uh, like just like like pouring over this game and like just everything about it. Like really, really shaped a lot of my imagination as a like when I was around that age because like it just I I just it it blew my mind. That you could take something like like Mario, and then like like just twist it into an RPG and do it so well with so many references, all the items, yeah. like everything was so like centric around Mario, and I I just I I never really like it blew my mind that you could do something like that, you know? Yeah, uh, I just pulled it up and yeah, it's uh uh-huh. Mario, Mallow, and Bowser standing in front of the castle. And they made it look like a giant hammer is in Mario because it's just the, the normal like him standing there animation, uh-huh. and it looks like there's a giant hammer in his hand. It just has uh, screenshots and says Super Mario RPG. Man, I loved it. Oh man, yeah. And there's even the preview for some Nintendo yeah, 64 the new Flash, stuff. Nintendo 64. Yep. Oh man. And they talk about Virtual Boy 3D Tennis. Oh man, no wonder I love that issue so much. <laughs> That might have been my most read issue of Nintendo Power I ever had as a kid. My most read, and this is just a, a tangent that we're just uh-huh. going to go off on. <laughs> yeah. Um, is 
it, the cover was uh, Mega Man X2. Oh yeah, I remember that one because it was X. It was X in his full armor from X2 on the cover, right? Yep, with Wheel Gator behind him. Yeah, yep. that was a really cool. Yep, one. that was the first. That was the first issue I got as a subscription. Really? Yep. The very first issue I bought was uh, Donkey Kong Country, and then after that, I was like, "Mom, I need this magazine," and she ordered it for me. And that Mega Man X2 issue came, um, and it had uh, Super Punch Out like details on how to. <sighs> Fight every character. Oh, man, that's cool. So I would go through that all the time. That's great. Yeah. Uh, Rest in peace, Nintendo Power. Seriously. They they do a podcast, a podcast now, now. Yeah. But that's I'm our not competitor. listening to it. Yeah. I not, not even in a sense of like, I'm not going to listen to it because it's our competitor. <laughs> Just I've not, I, every time I think about it, I was like, oh, I should download that. And I never do. Yeah. I. So here's a question for you, Xander. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the game is comprised of Mario, of course. Correct. He meets Mallow, the tadpole. Yep, who is a, a actually a cloud person. He's a tadpole. He is. You know, that's how he was raised. Mm-hmm. I think how you raised is it matters a lot mm-hmm. more than your birthright. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that in a minute because I I kind of want to <laughs> touch base about how uh, uh, Mallow snubs Frog Fucius. Uh, so. Uh, after that, though, you get uh, Gino, Gino. Yep, mm-hmm. who's a uh, uh, whose name is actually hard to pronounce, and so they just say Gino. <laughs> yes, he's the name of the doll. Yes, uh, and uh, he's a, a star spirit, I guess, mm-hmm. who who's you know been in like uh, uh, possessed by you know the star spirit into the form of this doll, and then otherwise you get uh, uh, Princess Peach, Princess Peach, and Bowser. Yep, who I mean. Don't really need much of an introduction, honestly. Yeah. Uh, so God, how rad was it when you finally got Bowser, though? <laughs> it was pretty cool. That was a that was a was crazy moment in aside, gaming. Yeah. Aside from Mario Kart, that was probably his first time being playable. Yeah, it was. I, I'm very sure it was. I uh, I just love his attitude. Like he's such a good like reluctant hero in that game. Yeah. <laughs> he's not like Bowser's not that bad of a guy. He's just a really he's bad guy, but this does not mean he's bad guy. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, well, you know what though? I I take that back because I guess technically if if like every time you woke up in the morning Xander and Sarah was gone and I was like, oh, "I've kidnapped Sarah." Yeah, You'd be I like, guess. "You know what, Craig? We're not friends anymore." This is the <laughs> the first two times weren't that bad, but you know what? By time number 3, we can't be friends anymore. Right. Yeah. Like that's kind of creepy. So, you know what? He's kind of a bad guy. But if you could make that weird like uh laugh that he does in the game, I, I think I'd still be your friend. <laughs> I I can't do that voice. I can't either. I, it's, I, it's fantastic. I, I'll find it and maybe edit it into the podcast, <laughs> but probably not because I'll forget. It, it's a lot of work to do. <laughs> I, now, I, I, the, so, so what, Xander, was your favorite team, your lineup of characters? I, now obviously, you have to have Mario. Of course. Nothing yeah, you can Mario, do about that. Yeah, yeah, Mario's in your team no matter what. What was your first team, do you think? And then what was your favorite team? And are they the same? Um, I think my first team was probably Mario, Princess, Bowser. That was my first two. I, yeah. It was crazy to me that you could play as Bowser and, and Princess. And, yeah. and they were pretty powerful characters. Yeah, you know? I mean, Princess Peach had, the, had, had strong healing as yep. well as just strong magic. Bowser was just a powerhouse. And oh, you, yeah. you can't not have Mario. Like, yeah, it's not even exactly. an option. Yeah. Now, what is your? Do you think is your favorite? Like, if you was just if you were just going off of like, hey, these are my favorite characters. What would you do? Um, without any kind of strategy in mind, I'd probably go Mario, Gino, Bowser. Really? But I might swap out between Bowser and Peach. Okay. Just because I'm good at timed hits and I can use Gino. <laughs> I'm not very good at timed hits, and uh, if 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 you are a fan of, uh, you know. Uh, the rest of my work, the the long plays I do for our listeners yeah. out there, uh, you'll know if you've gone through the Mario RPG series that I recently did, I'm not very good at timed hits in the least. It's embarrassing how bad I am at these timed hits. Like Mario and Bowser, I can get their hits really well. Even Mallow, for some reason, I have a really easy time with. I don't know what it is, but Gino, I'm just always like... That did nothing. That did no damage. I could not hit that timed hit. Mm-hmm. Like, great, you know? And then certain we- weapons of his... Yeah, they're fine. I do them totally fine. And then I'll get a new weapon. I'll be like, oh, nope. I don't know what I'm doing. Fair enough. Yeah. I think my favorite characters, though, are Mallow and Gino. I really, really yeah. like Mallow. Even if he's not that good at the game. <laughs> like, because he gets magic. And it's like, oh, okay, magic's cool. But, like, there are so many enemies that, like, magic doesn't really work on. Because, like, yeah. when I did the long play recently, 
I was going through and I was just thinking like, man, Mallow is not doing squat. Uh, I eventually just started, uh, not cheating, but uh, I, I essentially took Mario, Gino, and Princess, gave the lazy shell, which is that uh, hidden armor you yeah. can give uh, to somebody, where it really, really boosts their defense defenses, but it you know hurts their offense. And I just didn't really have her attack. I just had her like to like sit there and soak up hits and heal people. Yeah. And uh, Gino did good damage. You know, he he is uh, uh, he has spell attacks that hit everybody that for untyped damage, not even elemental damage, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then his physical attacks are pretty good. And he has the boost ability to boost offense. And uh, and then I had Mario, of course. And yeah, it was uh, uh, it was really easy. Because uh, like even Culex, I had a really easy time with because I f- had forgotten the lazy shell protects against status effects and also oh, yeah. elemental damage. And right. then there's four fifths of that fight is elemental damage. Yep. And then there's also a I think it's called the safety ring or safety pin. There's yeah. also like a safety badge, which is a different item. Yeah. But that is it protects against status and reduces elemental damage. So Mario was dying in the fight with the optional boss Culex over and over again. Yeah, and I feel like we should touch base on that real quick. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, because SquareSoft made the game, they mm-hmm. threw in a a pseudo Final Fantasy boss. Yeah, he he's this like crazy looking monster guy who fights with the four crystals of the elements, like you would see in a Final Fantasy game. And it plays the Final Fantasy battle music. Yep, from Final and Fantasy the Final IV. Fantasy Victory Fanfare. Uh huh. Now it's not the exact Final Fantasy four. There are slight variations. Yeah, there are. But it's close enough. Yeah, it's very, <laughs> very close. Uh, a quick side note. Uh, years ago, uh, so so Culex introduces himself as the Dark Knight of Vonda. Years ago, in middle school, uh, our buddy Sean, myself, uh, Matrick on stage, and I believe our buddy Tanzik, who uh, uh, is the the monster at Smash Brothers, mm-hmm. had this like book club in middle school that we had to like we we had to read this book and then over like a vacation or something and then come back and like like answer these like questions and like do this right. contest, and you know all of us thought the others were going to read it and not a single one of us read a Wrinkle in Time, <laughs> so we all sat down and everyone's like yeah you know uh, uh like you read it right. Sean's like, oh, no, I was playing video games. What about you, Craig? And I was like, no, I was, I was playing video games. <laughs> and not one of us read it. And our team name was the Dark Knights of Vonda. But they couldn't read, like, our writing. Or or they just didn't care enough. And they called us the Dark Knights of Varda. And so every time I think of Culex, I think of our <laughs> stupid book club. Where it's like, like, and the thing is, though, it's like none of us knew anything. So they were all multiple choice questions. And we somehow got, like, all of them wrong. Like, we got nothing <laughs> right. And they're like, and it, it was laughable. It was pathetic. Because it's like, all right, team one's got, like, uh, you know, like, uh, like, you know, 15 points. Team two's got, like, 13 points. Team three's got this. And it got to... <laughs> And the Dark Knights of Varda with like four points. And it was like, we guessed four things right, guys. Yeah. <laughs> the Book Eagles with a thousand points. <laughs> the Dark Knights of. Does that say Var- Var- Varda? Varda, sure. Uh, two dollars. Two points. <laughs> I honestly, I think that is how it went. I think they attempted to like say it, and then they were just like Varda, and we were like Varda in the back, and they, of course we're just like the nerds in the back. They don't care right. what we have to say. Although it was a book club competition, so but it was probably all mo- like mostly nerds there, right. honestly. I <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's what I think of when I think of Culex every time. Um, you were gonna keep going on about Q or like your. Thing oh, how you're going. yeah. So uh, you give Gino or, or Mario uh, the uh, the safety ring, and it protects against elemental and status effect mm-hmm. attacks. And so the the fight is incredibly easy after that. And, and the thing is, too, if you're good enough at timed hits, and you could do 100 super jumps in a row, mm-hmm. which I could never do in a million years, you get a super suit, which also protects against elemental and... You know, element or elemental attacks and status effects and boost Mario's attack like some ridiculous amount or whatever. Yeah. But feasibly, you can just blitz through that game if you have those items. Yeah. Even with just two of the three, I had a super easy time going through the game. I I was like way over leveled. I like the final battle in that. I was just like, man, this is pretty easy. But yeah. whatever. This was one of the first games that I remember having a a level cap lower than ninety nine. 
where it stops you at 30. 30, yeah. I, I always thought that was weird because, like, at that point I was kind of familiar with, like, RPGs and stuff, mm-hmm. you know? And it was like, I, I hit level 30. And then it was like, I, I can't get any more experience. Yeah. Like, what the, the – seriously? Like, that's it? Um, another interesting and completely different from what we were just talking about – uh, another game mechanic that I always forget about mm-hmm. is the bonuses you get for defeating enemies sometimes. Like HP max oh, or yeah. try again or lucky or... <laughs> I'm also really bad at lucky as, <laughs> as watchers of uh, my long play will also can uh, attest to. Yeah, lucky uh, is just a shell game where you have to find mm-hmm. the Yoshi and you get... Uh, what do you get if you get it? Uh, it I, it's, it's it doubles your coins. Things. Oh yeah, doubles or your experience. coins or experience. That's yeah, right. depending on what you get because it's lucky in one of those two yeah. things, which it might be random, I'm not sure. Yeah, so there's like, there's the, the little spike ball that just gives you no coins or no experience, right? Yeah, it gives you whopping zero. Zero, and then there's one that's like normal, and yep. then there's double. And then Yoshi doubles. Yeah. I think my favorite of those flowers is the once again, yes. because there's nothing more satisfying than killing an enemy, yep. and then it's like, once again, and yep. it makes that like, kind of noise, and then you hit another enemy, and if they give you once again, like you can have someone just blitz through the battlefield, like no, nobody's business. It's like Cleave in D&D. Yeah. It is like Cleve in D and D. I'm not. I'm not happy to have to remember the days of Cleve when you would like end every battle and just be like, I didn't get. I, the enemies didn't get a t- chance to even attack me. Or it's almost like, uh, uh, what was that uh, Chaos Bolt in Fourth Edition? <laughs> yeah, where you? I roll. Uh, uh, that was an even number, so I get to roll an attack again. <laughs> oh my god, I hate your luck. It's just. It's just. I the get worst. to hit every single enemy. And remember when you had minions? Uh huh. <laughs> just. Even hits dead. Even hits dead. Even hits dead. Even hits dead. And it would just continue that way through yeah. you know, the entire thing. It was Chaos Bolt's a story for another time. Yeah, but. that's 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 for something uh, on uh, Noobs and Dragons yeah. at some point. Maybe a behind the play DM fourth screen. edition one day. I don't have enough hours in the yeah, day. I know, I know. Man, I, I love fourth edition, but it's just so time consuming. I uh, so Xander, I have a, a question for you. Yes. Who is your favorite member of the Smithy gang? Like what's your favorite boss? Let's see. There's Mac. There's Bowyer. There's Punchinello. There's oh uh, now I don't think Punchinello was technically a member of he the uh, Smithy Gang. I don't think. Don't you have to fight him to get the third star? You do, but he's in the mines and he doesn't ever bring up the Smithy Gang. Huh. I, and that, I thought that was weird too, because like when I played through, basically he's just like the world's gonna know who I am, and they're like, oh okay, okay. Um, and then there was Yuridovich. Uh, uh, yeah, I always forget how to pronounce his name. It's, it's either Yard. So here's the weird thing: it's either Yardovich or Yaridovich. Yaridovich is okay. what I was calling him. Uh, but if that's how you pronounce it or not, I have no idea. Uh, the Axum Rangers are yes, in there. They have Ax- Axum Rangers, and then you have uh, I think his name is Boomer, the uh, the guy with like the katana in Bowser's castle at the end. Yeah, uh, and then you have uh, Exor the Exor giant the sword. sword. Um, and technically, if you want to really you know push it there's also all the mini bosses in the final dungeon yeah um i think it's cloak and dagger and then i think i don't remember the name it's the big clock yeah uh yaridovich is probably my most hated now that's the reason i like yaridovich he's my favorite just because he was so kind of hard like mind you now that i'm older and i played through it again i had a really easy time with him but like like because he splits in two yeah he splits in two he has a lot of magic attacks he hits pretty hard and uh yeah when you're young that's a difficult fight to get past absolutely and that's why i hate him yaridovich it's not so much the uh um the stab in the back like stealing the star from Uh thing that doesn't bother me so much uh, but I would say, honestly, uh, Mac is probably my favorite. Mac the Knife is really cool. Also, he's a reference to a, a an old Louis Armstrong song? Or is that technically, uh, uh, oh, what's the other guy's name? Uh, Satchmo? <laughs> the trumpet player? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, uh, who's the other guy who uh, uh, does a, another version of Mac the Knife that's really popular? I uh, couldn't tell you. He does the song Beyond the Sea. Couldn't tell you. Nah, never mind. Nah, it's going to bother me. Sorry. No, nah, it's cool. Uh, I'll, I'll do you a favor and look it up. Oh, yeah, I would appreciate that. Uh, yeah, Mac the Knife I always thought was really cool. He's, I, I I really love the idea of him, too. Bobby Darren? Bobby Darren, thank you. Yep. Thank you, I appreciate that. Uh, I really enjoyed the the shysters, the the, yeah. the the shy guys on the pogo swords. Yeah. That was just really cool. 
That's yeah. just a neat, neat uh, aspect. Uh, also, uh, we brought up you brought up Punchinello, Punchinello, whatever his name was. I, uh, I, uh, the the re- there's a in his dialogue, he it says a James Bond reference, doesn't it? It is. He says, uh, "My name is Nello Punchinello," and that's a, a carryover from originally he was going to be my name is Bomb James, James Bomb. Yeah, his name was going to be James Bomb, and the, apparently, like the the higher ups at Nintendo were like. What what do you kind of call him? And he's like James Bomb, and they're like, no. They're I like, imagine you Square can't. just like presenting it like his name is James Bomb, and Nintendo's like, no, it's not. <laughs> no, no, it isn't. You idiots. I think that was because uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Ted Woolsey uh, did the translation for this. Who did the translation for FF6 and like Secret of Mana? I mm-hmm. uh, now I uh, I feel like we've danced around the issue long enough is there any other stories you have before i start babbling about the music um i never owned this game really yep i only ever played it through emulators and and borrowing from friends wow there's a lot of of rpgs i never own which is why i covet earthbound so much (laughs) absolutely wow i didn't know you didn't own it yeah aside from uh no i don't even think when when they brought it on a virtual console i don't think because it was on really yeah, it was on Wii Virtual Console yeah, and uh, Wii One of those things, I, I just, it, they, it came out for Virtual Console like long after I'd lost interest in, in my Wii. Oh, I gotcha. So, it was a late release yeah. for the, the Wii and I think even the Wii U, if I'm not mistaken. Um, what, be... was the, what was the name of the, the shark? Was that just Davy Jones? Oh, Jonathan Jones. Jonathan Jones, yes. Jonathan Jones. The, uh, I love which... fighting him and he, he comes back to help you out. He was really cool, and I'm really, really sad they didn't add him as a character. Because how cool would it be to have a shark pirate join you? Yeah. That would have been really awesome. He'd have been really big, though. Real big. Yeah. Um, Getting superstars to uh, blast their enemies and get experience. Oh, yeah. That was a really Tons cool really system. really cool things they did. Uh, knife Guy and Great Guy's Casino. Oh, yeah. Knife Guy and Great Guy. Those creeps in Booster Tower. Yeah. There's just so much. There's so many good characters and just like so many memorable moments in the in the entire thing. It's it's a and it's a surprisingly linear game. Like, oh, yeah. It absolutely is. There's a there's a few parts where you can kind of go back and check things out here and there. Mm-hmm. But really, I mean, the game just like the the world map itself is sort of like a circle. Yeah. You just go around the circle, and it just loops you right on back to where you originally started, where you fought Bowser, where Smithy took over. Yeah. And then I thought that was also a really neat aspect, too, the the main villain being Smithy, who's not Bowser. Yeah. You know, it was sort of unheard of, you know, because really, aside from Wart, there wasn't another villain in a Mario game. And I mean, the it, it's... Wario. Wario, okay, fair enough. Yeah, Wario himself, too. Uh, but I... Uh, I, I like the aspect of it, and I kind of wish they had been able to play it up a little bit more, but like Smithy, his, it doesn't like sound like a threatening name, Mm-mm. but it's referencing the fact that he's smithing these weapons. He's yeah. like, he's a blacksmith basically, and he forges weapons and he wants to fill the world with weapons. I feel like there's a statement somewhere in there. Yeah. And I really kind of appreciate it. I just wish that you had kind of gotten to know Smithy more throughout the game instead yeah. of being this sort instead of like, like man behind the curtains throughout the entire thing. Yeah, which is sort of an RPG trope, you know. There's yeah. always that like, you know, villain in all the, the almost all the Final Fantasies and almost all the Dragon Quests where, you know, you go to fight him and it's like, "Oh, it wasn't really this person, it was this person." Right. It's like, oh, "Okay, I'll fight that guy instead." Which, you know, sometimes it's a nice little twist, but after you've seen it enough times, it doesn't really, you know. Cuz they kind of even do that in this game. You never know that the sword is Exor. Yeah. The sword I was going to say I, I remember growing up thinking the sword was Smithy. Absolutely. I think Everybody did, you know. The sword crashes into the castle, and it's like this, you know, is now the, you know, uh, the possession of the the Smithy gang. The Smithy gang, and then he scares, you know, or shoos Mario off, destroys the bridge, Mm -hmm. and you think, oh wow, that thing's Smithy, Mm -hmm. but it's just something Smithy made. Yep, you know, which is kind of a weird, uh, weird thing. But I think it's time to talk about the music. I think we have to. Uh, so this, uh, soundtrack is one of my favorites of all time. Yeah, um, it is, isn't it? It's, it's an amazing soundtrack. Yeah, it's one of those that every time I play this game, I, I just find myself like quietly whistling <laughs> to myself while Humming I play. Along. And even like when a new battle starts, I was like, oh, dude, and just like whistling with that and then going right back into the other one. Um, now here's a, a quick side note. Uh, when I was younger, every time 
you beat a uh, level, Mario gives the peace sign or the oh, yeah, I did victory. It too. You, and you hold up your fingers <laughs> yourself. And you keep your, yeah, I, I, did I, didn't, that every time. I didn't keep it up the whole, I just, but I definitely did that or I would like nod along to it. Yep. Yep. Uh, so the music is composed, as Xander said, by, uh, actually, I don't know if you said Yoko Shimomura. Nope. Uh, Yoko Shimomura has previously worked on Street Fighter 2. Yep. Uh, which is an amazing soundtrack. Uh, she considers Mario RPG to be a turning point in her career because she wanted to work on more classical style music instead of like, you know, action y stuff like Street Fighter. Uh, and uh, she also continues on the spiritual successor to Mario RPG. She works on all the Mario and Luigi games. Interesting. Those yep. are, and those are so good. Oh, yeah, they really are. Uh, they'll we'll eventually talk about those at some point because they're really yeah. good games and Paper Mario. Just all the RPG style Mario games have been really good. They, yeah, they've been all in all pretty dang good. I, I think Mario RPG was sort of the peak. Oh, of course. And it's and I feel kind of bad because some of these other games are great, but it's like, well, that's not Mario RPG. Yeah, though. we wouldn't have those other ones if it weren't for Mario RPG. Right. Yeah. I uh, now I uh, she also does music on the Kingdom Hearts series. I. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, she has also done one of mine and Xander's favorites, Legend of Mana. Mm-hmm. Now, let's go ahead and jump into some of the music, unless there's sure. something else you wanted to talk about here, Xander. Um, I do have one last non-music-related question for you. Yeah. Since you just recently played through the entire game voicing every single character. Right. What is What, what are some of your favorite lines in the game? Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. Our, one of my favorite, I'll just say that I'll give you time to think. Yeah. One of my favorite lines in the game, I remember watching the the long play, and uh-huh. you just kind of glossed over it. And I was like, how was this not even, this wasn't even a big deal for you. <laughs> One line. It's uh, when uh, Bowser gets knocked off the, the kink link at the beginning and goes, Funga, foiled again. <laughs> and you just go, Funga, foiled again. Like, real quick, I was like, where was the emphasis on the funga? <laughs> I, you know, in hindsight, I I uh, I should have. That was that was a uh, uh, that was a, a mis- that was a misstep on my part. I I appreciate it. Yeah, I uh, yeah. That's one of my favorite lines. That and Bowser just saying, "Ah, I've got bigger fish to fry." <laughs> oh, I've got bigger fish fish to fry. I uh, I really enjoyed Bowser's voice. I I he, he's he's in the game a fair amount. But honestly, like I playing through this time, I noticed that there's not as much dialogue as I kind of thought there would be. Mm-hmm. Like, because one of the, the things with my long plays is that I'm always doing all the voices, giving everyone their own particular voice or whatever. But like, really, because Mario's a silent protagonist, he doesn't really, he doesn't talk. Right. So, you know, it's just sort of interesting that like, you know, there's really not a whole lot of dialogue. Uh, but I... Uh, Honestly, I can't think of like a, a like a particular. I, I can think of all the different voices and stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I can't think of many lines in particular, really. But uh, but I had I had a ton of fun doing you know the voices. Bowser might have been one of the more fun, and you know pr- giving Princess Peach a very unfitting voice is the also Doctor Girlfriend voice. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Mario. <laughs> you need to save me, Mario. I'm being captured by Bowser. It's oh. Yeah, it's so much fun. I also really enjoy Toad going, did you hear that? This guy knows about timed hits. He's going to punch your lights out. <laughs> well, that's a great but line. Anyway, um, so to the music. Yes. We both picked, uh, we agree there's one song that is just arguably, objectively the best song in the game. I would say it is objectively the best song in this game. It is not it's my gonna favorite. It's going to be the third song we talk about. Because we also discuss, we also both picked two songs that we really enjoy. Yes. So we'll start with uh, with your first my my choice. Yep, uh, which was uh, fight against fight a, against an armed boss. An I believe is boss. what it's called. Yep, and this one plays when you fight the main like the main bosses who are guarding a, a star or are just like really strong. Yeah, the, a lot of the Smithy Gang uh, bosses use this song. Yep. So here's a uh, fight against an armed boss.
I, uh, you know, really, really like the uh, that song. It's, you know, it's to me, it's a really exciting song. It's very, you know, uh, uh, kind of tense, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the... Uh, uh, all in all, it's it's it, probably my favorite song. I think it's really. Good. I mean, it, it's hard to say what a favorite song is with the soundtrack just being so good. <laughs> it's really great. Um, and there are a ton of songs that always get stuck in my head. And even just trying to like pick two, I'm like, what do I do? There's this one. There's this one. We spent way too much time talking about what songs we were going to pick today. Yeah. So I just kind of went with songs that like get stuck in my head even when I'm not playing this, mm-hmm. and I just find myself whistling all the time. And this is. This is one of them, and I think it's just because of the like the very bouncy nature of this song. I really enjoy. Yeah, uh, this is Rose Town. love how happy that song is it is so happy like you i don't think you can be sad listening to that song it's tough for sure um so then the third song we're gonna do is again objectively arguably the best song i don't even know if you can argue it honestly yeah it, it's it, and don't be wrong it's it is like it is not my favorite song from this you know uh, it's up track. there though <laughs> it, it, yeah i mean it's not like it's a bad song it's amazing it is it's like the, the, you it's can't just so good yeah you can't really think of mario rpg without thinking of this song it probably has more remixes than like most like i i would say at least in this game no other yeah. song you know song is remixed more this is uh the dr wily stage one of this game yeah it really is it really really is yep. Uh, so this is um, Beware the Forest Mushrooms. back up it the soundtrack or the soundtrack the the this particular track it almost has like a peter and the wolf kind of quality where it's like sort of that like bouncy sort of flute like instrument you know i uh i don't know there's just something about it that reminds me of like some of the the you know uh uh, you know songs from peter and the wolf yeah and it does it Again, like I've, I've mentioned with Final Fantasy VI, how there's some songs that just really capture the full essence of the game. Mm-hmm. I feel like this one does in the sense of, like, it's happy, it's lighthearted, it's good, with these really kind of freaky, scary undertones for a little bit, and then it's right back up to happy again. Yeah, absolutely. That that really kind of sums up a lot of the game, too, because, you know, while Mario and his friends are going on this, like, you know, like, you know, sort of standard adventure... Uh, there's always every so often something weird going on, like Bellum in the sewers, right? Or uh, the the Smithy Gang being like these weird weaponized creatures. You know, it's just like there's always a weird Booster, <laughs> just Booster <laughs> on his own. How have we not talked about Booster yet? He's such a creep. I don't know. <laughs> so good though. Ah, what's this water coming out of your eyes? Tastes salty. <laughs> He's so dumb, but I love him. <laughs> He's so dumb. Oh man, 
Uh, so we have a, a few more tracks that we wanted yep. to uh, play. Uh, the next one was your second pick, The Weapons Factory. Yeah, this is yep. the final dungeon music. Yep, so we'll check out Weapons Factory. Yeah. Reminds me of uh, Magitech Factory. From I was going to say Magitech Factory and some of the later um, stages in Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, like the, the Fear Factory stage. Fear fa- yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's certainly not the same soundboard, of course, but it's very, very similar. This is probably the uh, fight with Kulex aside, the most Final Fantasy song. Yeah, I think I would agree. I, I think I would agree with that. It's uh, it's it's and it's funny to think like, oh, it's you know standard fantasy stuff. It's the industrial music, but it right really. I mean, Final Fantasy at this stage, FF six and on, started getting that like you know where every so often there were those very industrial sort of sounds. Yep. Uh, now this is your final pick, right? Yep. And again, it's a it's it's hard it's hard to pick a favorite or like the ones you definitely want to showcase, but. Uh-huh. Uh, this is, I mean, this is a song arguably, I keep saying that, that you hear probably more than anything else in the game. Oh, absolutely. It's the standard battle theme, fight against monsters. Yep. to turn this one down <laughs> it really it, it's it, i i feel like there are a lot of good rpgs out there that uh have just the bad luck of having a uh you know battle theme that's really mediocre and bland and it makes it so that like it's really it like feels like the game is a slog because of it and mario rpg luckily has this song as its main battle theme because it's so upbeat and so fun and it's really hard to to not enjoy it, you know. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else on uh, Mario RPG? I know we could honestly probably go another forty five minutes on it, but God, we probably could. I <laughs> uh, I we probably shouldn't. I <laughs> uh, probably mean probably not. I uh, uh, the the uh, just something real quick to to let people know is I do do have on the Gamezilla Media's YouTube channel is the long plays that I do mm-hmm. and Mario RPG I've just recently finished and it was a ton of fun and so if you're you know if you don't necessarily have the time for this game you know give my long play a watch but I do strongly urge you play the game because me and Xander couldn't recommend it enough it's true uh, so we'll jump over to our retro relapse Jones in for a classic game. It's time for Retro Relapse on the Legend of Retro Podcast. Retro Relapse. So today's Retro Relapse, uh, I, I got to pick, and I picked it on a whim. We were looking at video games alphabetically, and I went to the end of the alphabet, mm-hmm. and I found Zen, the intergalactic ninja. Which I wasn't aware people didn't know about. I didn't know it existed. Yeah, I don't think Chops knew it either, and there's a bunch of people where I'll mention Zen the Intergalactic Ninja. What's that? (laughs) I thought it looked cool when I was a kid, so I bought a couple issues. 
Was it uh, any good? It was based on a. I don't remember it. I just oh. remember like thinking the the character looked cool. It's a it's a blue alien, mm-hmm. blue muscular alien, not wearing a shirt and just has pants and a bow staff, and he fights dudes. <laughs> it seemed very uh uh. Uh, at least the game, maybe not the comic, but it seemed very centered around like uh, conservation. Like there's like an acid rainforest that yeah. you have to go save, and there was like the 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 mine and the old like the factory that you had to blow up. Yeah, um, but we I pulled up the information, but apparently it's uh, just for the comic <laughs> and not actually the video game. <laughs> what? Uh, well, what company? But I believe the game came out in 1993. What uh, uh, company made the comics? Uh, company. It was as. Uh, Archie, and then eventually went to uh, Entity Comics, oh. and I think it, I think as recently as like ten years ago, it got a reboot, but it obviously didn't go anywhere. Hmm. Weird. Yeah. I uh, so. Xander, I, I had played this game uh, may, maybe a little more than you. You were uh, finishing up a meal as I started the game. Yeah. Uh, but I uh, uh, like uh, what like I you you had played the Game Boy version of this. So yeah, like, I own the Game Boy version of this, and I remember it was a difficult kind of. Uh, kind of point of view like it was a side scroller but it was it was hard similar to this one like you're a ninja you fight up close unfortunately your enemies do too and also throw things at you yeah and they take a some of the enemies take a fair amount of hits so like you'll you'll get hit no matter what like yeah. uh, the the boss we were fighting in the uh, acid rainforest or whatever it was uh, yeah what was her uh, it was sulfura sulfura yes sulfura yeah uh she was really really difficult yeah and you had to like keep going down and like hit the flowers yeah, to like so regenerate them. Yeah, so not only did you them. have to dodge her attacks, but then you had to go down and revive these flowers and dodge acid rain clouds that would just like seek you out. Oh yeah, you couldn't really dodge them. Yeah, you could hit it and make you know get rid of it, but then two seconds later it would respawn and be right back to being annoying. Yeah, it was really obnoxious. And the the first level I played. Uh, the the controls weren't too bad or anything, but like the viewpoint is like behind you, and you're running down like the screen, and the screen is kind of scrolling like upwards. It was really weird, and like the there's this like weird, uh, you know, like I, like isometric style kind of jumping, and uh, yeah, all in all, it was. Uh, I don't even like. Yeah, I, like I, a, I don't want to hate on it, but yeah. at the same time, I also was, don't really like it. It was old NES difficult. Yeah. Uh, and the weird isometric, and then sometimes 2D side scrolling, and then the sometime isometric and 2D minecart race. Yeah, I I appreciated the fact that like you were doing the minecarts, and like you you like like you missed a switch, and it was just an X popping up, yep. and then you immediately died, and it was yeah. like, oh, that's what that meant. It meant yep. you're going to die. Yeah, and I had joked said and said that you need to be an intergalactic ninja to have the reflexes <laughs> to play this game properly. Yeah, pretty much. Because you were doing a part where it was like already difficult, like isometric platforming looking for your shadows on these things and then they said hey you thought it was hard there now the platforms move also they're conveyor belts also also there's a crane game that's gonna <laughs> grab you and just drop you to your death yeah, it was terrible and it doesn't like it like the hand comes down grabs you goes back up moves to a point where you're going to die lowers you down and then drops you it doesn't yeah. just drop you it was really really weird it's a really sad moment yeah it really it's was like watching the like like come and grab you and then just or the wall master the wall grab master you. Yeah, yeah yeah and then uh just like i that was i only have half a heart left oh, i'm dead oh great no I've, I've just been brought to the the entrance of the dungeon this is yeah. wow wonderful oh, this is just what i wanted um but the music wasn't bad no it wasn't too shabby the controls weren't too bad it was a konami game yeah uh, the music was composed oh. by a, a handful of people, oh, yeah? um, one of which was Kozo Nakamura, who really? we've talked about many times. Really? Yep. He composed almost all of the Ninja Turtle games. Yeah. As well as Dragon Blade for Guitar Freaks. Wow. God, I love Kozo Nakamura. <laughs> Kozo Nakamura uh, d- does good stuff, and the music in this game was solid. Not uh, to also snub the others, but uh, Junichiro Kaneda, Yuichi Sakakura, Ayoko Nishigaki, and Tomoya Tomita, which I believe we talk about Tomoya Tomita, too. Ooh. Name sounds familiar. The name does sound familiar. If we if it wasn't retro relapse, we'd have done a whole lot more research right. and we would have delved into that. The fact that this that. literally just popped up on the Wikipedia page. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah. The the retro relapse we never really you know do prep work for. It's always just you know whatever we uh, uh, yep. whatever we grab or whatever. But yeah, the uh, yeah that's definitely really interesting. I uh, I. I, I'm not sure how the comics are, so you know, for our listeners out there, if you're a fan of Zen the Intergalactic Ninja and we're not doing the comics justice, 
let us know. You know, yeah. give us uh, your input on it. And uh, Xander, what do you give Zen the Intergalactic Ninja for Nintendo on the eight bit scale? Um, I would give it. I would say probably a four. I was gonna say too a four. It's not it's, like an outstanding. It it gets a passing grade. It does. It it is old NES tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not unplayable. If it wouldn't have had the music it had, I might have given it a three out of eight for yeah. the, the crappy conveyor belts in the crane game. I wasn't a fan of that. Yeah. Uh, it, it was it, like, because before that, I was doing okay. I felt like, oh, I'm doing all right, you know? Yeah. And then that hit, and I was just like, oh, nope, I'm dead. But you have to keep, uh, keep in mind with this game, like, there were four stages, and then presumably, like, a series of final boss stages, maybe. Yeah, yeah who knows? And we were able to play through almost all of it in the 20 minutes that we sat down to play this game. Yeah, that's true. So it has to be hard. There has yeah. to be some kind of learning curve. That's you're you're not wrong. That's so very true. That, that's why I give it the the passing grade. It, it's you know, but it's somewhere between a four and a five for mm-hmm. me. I'm leaning more towards four. Yeah, but uh, not bad by any means. Yeah, no, not at all. It's it's worth. I, I would say it's at least worth checking out if for no other reason than the soundtrack. Yep, for sure. Um, so that leads us into our NES bracket. Yeah, yeah. We uh, last week we were. Uh, at the uh, Michigan Science Center after dark, yep. uh, so you know we didn't have a uh, uh, you know a poll at that time. So this week we get to play around with one. So we do. What, do, what do we have up uh, first, Sander? Uh, so up first is the palace theme from Zelda II: uh, Link's Adventure. Ooh, who's that composed? Not by? Koji Kondo, like I originally thought. Uh, Akito Nakatsuka. Yeah, uh, Zelda Two is done with uh, uh, somebody else doing the music. It's solid music, though. So, uh, I mean, this has made it to the second round. Let's see if it makes it to the third. Let's give it a listen. Surprisingly long, and it's nice because it's a dungeon theme. Yeah, it doesn't get too repetitive because yeah. those dungeons take forever. <laughs> yes, they really do. So next up, though, mm-hmm. as soon as we stop listening to this, it's hard not to. Eh, fair enough, yeah. you're not wrong. I. Uh, so yeah. next up, we have what game, Xander? Uh, this is uh, the original NES Batman by Sunsoft. Ah, yes. Uh, the music composed by Naoki Kodaka. And this is Streets of Desolation, Stage 1.
I'm really, really excited to see who's going to win between these two because they're both really great tracks. They're both really great tracks. Um, but I think for my money, mm-hmm. if I had to choose the better song, yeah. as much as I enjoy and have a lot of memories of the dungeon or the palace theme, yeah, this one... That just has so much more going on. It does have a lot going on. The guy who did this, uh, whose name, refresh my memory again, Xander? Uh, Naoki Kodaka. Kodaka does awesome work. Uh, Kodaka has another song that's currently in the uh, the second tier of our uh, brackets, uh, the opening to Journey of Silius. And, uh, I mean, his work is amazing. Yeah. You know? Uh, so so I, I'll be excited to see, because I do think people have more sort of, like, nostalgia for the Zelda series. So I think that uh, uh, that'll carry a little bit of weight. But, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll uh, see how it goes. Uh, just as a reminder, mm-hmm. um, Zelda 2 beat out Dragon Quest II Endless World to get to, to get to this point. Wait, wait, what beat out Dragon Quest 2? Zelda 2. And I got it. I mean, I have to say, I think if you went with the other world map from Dragon Quest, you might have stood a better chance. That's just my my own personal opinion. But that's I I really enjoy the all other. about what we think is is our yeah favorite, you so. know exactly because that that was one of my picks yeah uh, endless world and it's just one of my favorite songs yeah, it's ever good. you know I just, it's, yeah it was I was because I when I put the poll up originally I put the other one up thinking that's what it was. Because they both they're both called the same thing. I didn't realize there were two different versions of the song. Well, I think technically the uh, the in Dragon Quest One, I think it's called Unknown World, and then in Dragon Quest Two, it's Endless World. And uh, there's also uh, another world map song. I think called I think it's called like Only Lonely Boy because it's yeah. the hero on his own before he yeah. gets his friends. I, uh, uh, but uh, but yeah, no, the the I I, I think that I. I I, I, I think there's probably more nostalgia for the first Dragon Quest yeah. world map music, but it wasn't necessarily what I wanted, yeah. so no, I that's you know, went, with, that's... Yeah, went with Dragon Quest 2. Um, Batman beat, uh, so that was a Craig pick that got beaten. Mm-hmm. Batman beat out a Xander pick. Oh, what did it beat? Uh, Mick Kids, stage two. The song that had no business being as good as it was. <laughs> You're not wrong. It had no business being that good. It is such a good song, though. It, it's great. It's uh, it, but I mean the thing is, is just like Batman has a lot of just destructive power behind it. Yeah. It's a really good song. Yeah, I know. I, I get that it's I not can, what we I can want, admit you know. defeat to this one, but yeah. I'm not happy about right, it. Right, exactly. So I. Uh, Xander, is there any other uh, uh, sort of parting thoughts for our uh, listeners here aside from letting them know some of our uh, you know fun stuff we have going on? Um. When it comes to the NES music bracket, Mick Kids versus Batman. Yeah. Funga! Foiled again! <laughs> oh, man. I uh, uh, definitely appreciate everybody uh, listening. Yeah, thanks. Uh, and, uh, you know, make sure to check out all our other shows. We have GameZilla. We have GameZilla Alpha. If you're looking for, you know, video game news and topics and, you know, interviews. Uh, we have Noobs and Dragons, which is where I run a D&D game for our uh, GameZilla crew. Uh, otherwise, we also have uh, Last Action Podcast, where LPJ and Sphinx talk about, uh, you know, action movies. And uh, uh, there's also the the long plays, of course, that we mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier. So, you know, make sure to check out the GameZilla Media, uh, you know, page over at uh, YouTube. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like you aren't getting enough uh, GameZilla Media, mm-hmm. you can always become a patron. Yeah, we have a lot of fun stuff going on through the uh, uh, Patreon page. We have uh, for our uh, uh, you know five dollar patrons, you have access to special Discord channels. Uh, for ten dollars, you can essentially help shape the show. You know, we have the Game Genie perk where you'll be able to vote on retro relapses. We'll do, which I think as of recording right now, we have a vote up for one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see what uh, you know happens there. Otherwise, uh, for the $15 tier, uh, we of course have the Game Shark show where we essentially, you know, give you a bonus uh, you know, bonus content, you know, at least once a month was what we're shooting for there. Yep. And uh, uh, the uh, actually that one will release. Uh, Should go oh, it'll be last with, week. Uh, it'll coincide with this week, I think. No, I think it'd be last week, right? Uh, yeah, it would be last week. It would be last week, yeah. We're, we're yeah. recording ahead, everybody. Yes. Uh, so, uh, yeah. We're recording it, in the past for the future. It, wait, what? Yes. Indeed. Uh, and that was a uh, Rhythm of Retro. It sure so. was. So if you like Rhythm of Retro, and I know Our you favorite battle themes. Yeah, that's right. You know, actually, I earlier I was thinking, I was like, what do we do that Rhythm of Retro? <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> it was our favorite battle theme. So if you want to know what mine, Xander, and Chops' favorite battle themes are, 
make sure to check out Rhythm of Retro only as a patron. Mm-hmm. So make sure to check that out. Interesting. I was at Nerd Barbecue. I'd mentioned uh, I was talking about Rhythm of Retro, and mm-hmm. the glitch was like, I can't believe there's no Ninja Gaiden in the uh, in the bracket. And I was like, Oh, there was. And he's like, No, there's not. And I was like, Yeah, there there was the boss. Wait, never mind. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the glitch for uh, uh, you know Ninja Gaiden, uh, yep. which uh, uh, it surprised me uh, that Chops didn't pick a Ninja Gaiden. Song. He did. Oh, he did. Yep. That was a, one of his picks. For the music brackets, though? Oh, not for the music oh, brackets. Oh, that's what I yeah. mean. Yeah, the music brackets. I'm surprised yeah. uh, Chops did. But then again, Chops has terrible memory. So even if he wanted to do it, he wouldn't have remembered to. Yep. Take that, the Chops. We miss you. Also, I just, you know, really uh, uh, wanted to thank our you know patrons who are already signed up and yes. listening to our fun stuff. And uh, otherwise, we'll see you next time. When, when the, the legend, legend continues. continues. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.